So here we are with the Dow of the Day once again. It is uh, Wednesday, September. I think it's no, it's no, it's October. I don't know what what, what month it is. October twenty seventh, and we are going to be talking about the Dow once again. The Dow Day Ching. The Dao De Ching uh, translates to the canon of reason or the way of reason. The Dao uh, is often referred to as the way. The way, um, the way, what's wonderful about this idea of like the way or the way of reason is that the Dao is filled with all of these ideas that we can embrace from day to day about how just to live better within our bodies and within our lives. And it's such a wonderful uh, text that relates to everything that I've turned to the Tao in my darkest days. I've turned to the Tao on average days and I've turned to the Tao in good days. And every time it has some sort of wisdom to pass on to me. It, it talks about not being quite a bit and not being is a special uh, understanding. I have a special understanding of not being in my life as uh, you know, I was struggling to understand what not being was or not doing. Uh, not not being not doing, uh, and and one day I drove someone somewhere, and when they got out of the car and they said thanks, I said it's nothing, and I realized that doing nothing is really being, and doing nothing is uh, is is a way to be in our body, and a way to be in relationship, and a way to you know with no expectation, with no uh, reason, like there's no reason for me to do this thing, right? It's just because it is what is being done through me. And that is where we find the deepest love. That is where we find the deepest understanding. That is where we find the deepest acceptance. You know, the Tao also talks about, you know, traveling without leaving your home, you know, being able to be everywhere and be able to be inspired by the world without having to leave your home. I know a lot of people talk about travel and it's just like this is a it's a way to mature and it's a way to do all these things. And and although that is true, that is true. I'm, I'm not going to deny the fact that that's true, but there are ways to be able to mature without leaving your home. But that does require quiet. Right? You do have to travel inward. Uh, so traveling inward and traveling outward create maturity. But if you stay on the surface, that is where maturity can stagnate. I always like to talk about the idea that, you know, uh, arrested development, arrested development, you know, like my folks, um, my folks had children at uh, 17, they had two children by the time they were 18 and 19, right? I was the second. And one of the interesting things is they never really matured past that. They lived their lives as if they were like 16, 17, 18 years old uh, for a long, long time. And, and because of that, because they were 17, 18 years old for decades, they made choices of 17 and 18 year olds, right? They, they defined their life from an experience they were having when they were 17 and 18. Now, of course, they were able to mature as they got older and they were able to make better choices and things like that. But, but arrested development is, uh, is, is because we, we, we solidify ourselves and our identity to something. And often when we have children, and I don't have children, but I know when people, you know, they have children or they get married or they, they, they immediately agree to someone external 
that they are going to continue being who they are. And that becomes most of your work. And that's where we get arrested development. So if you have children, if you get married, if you, you know, just start, maybe even if you get a job, right? Like, like I know a lot of, a lot of salespeople um, can often come off as being immature. Well, if they got a sales job at 16, 17, 18, they may experience arrested development because their identity is so attached with the salesperson that they were when they were 16, 17, or 18. You know, and, and same with people that go to the army or the military. They get into the military, they create an identity in the military. And really, even though everybody in the military can fold their socks and, and make their bed, when you get into a conversation with them, there's not often, like especially if they're just getting out of their military service, like that deep maturity. And this is where PTSD comes in. And this is where so many veteran affairs issues come in because the, the, the act of being in the military can become arrested development because you define yourself um, in a certain point in time while your mind is at a certain growth and development. And although I'm fine with the way that we describe um, and prescribe like adulthood, right? Like at, at 18 or 21 or whatever, I still, I do believe that it would, we, it would probably benefit us to move everything to about 26 to 28. If we just said, okay, you're not an adult until you're 28. Now that doesn't mean you should live at home. I, I actually think that you could probably, you know, continue to move out at 18 and other things like that. But, but, you know, in order to not engage in this arrested development. I do, I do think that we have to give ourselves that time. And what does this have to do with the Tao? Well, the Tao is about if you have experienced arrested development, if you're looking around on, on wisdom and going, oh my God, all these people are there like self-help, you may have been experiencing arrested development and you are not connected to yourself. Right? If you have judgments of others and are unwilling to look at those, that's arrested development. Right? And every moment of the day, you are being offered something from the Tao. And I would love for you to come up, pick a number between one and 81, and let's talk about what the Tao is offering you today. How can you free your development so that it's no longer arrested in a time that you never expected to arrest your development, right? You don't like so many of us are like, I just want to get to 21 back in the day when my, when my parents, I just got to get to 18, 18 is an adult. I just want to be seen as an adult. So I don't have to live under the rules of the state. So I don't have to live under the rules of, you know, the state as, as a child, I don't, I don't have to become a ward of the state. I don't have to, you know, I'm not, I, I, I get a voice once I'm an adult, right? I, I won't get abused anymore because I'm not a child and children can be abused because who speaks for children? The parents, usually the abuser. And so that becomes really difficult, right? Like you are under the influence of everything around you. And so we wanna to get to that place where we can be an adult. And now that you're an adult, and this is the thing, this is the, the Tao may be for children, I mean, I used to read the Tao. I used to do Tao of the day with my niece and she would understand it and she would get it. 
you know, how deep she would get it, that's only for her to answer. But, but it's something that I like to share because it is a big part of my ability to, I mean, free my development into being who I am today. I mean, I've been talking to many people and all the time, every time I step into myself, I'm able to see this, this powerful being that I am connected to all that is and able to love deeper than I've ever been able to love because I will not just sit on my laurels and say, well, I have developed enough. I am an adult. I have a voice. And now I'm going to take that privilege because yes, being an adult is a privilege. Being an adult is something that, that gives you privilege, let's say, but it's not something that is just inherent because I know when I talk to people, I go, Oh, I'm having a conversation with someone that can't have the conversation that I'm having. Right. Like I have to now like either decide to step away or not engage or, or what, what, what am I going to do? But the thing is, is like, if we can all be willing to grow, if we can all be willing to get into that space of, you know what, I am worth developing. And it's not just my bank account it is not just my exercise program. It is not just whatever I'm doing. I am willing to grow as myself. And, and that's where the Tao comes in. And the Tao always points us in the right direction. I'm going to pick a number and then we're going to go from there. I don't know. Um, I'm going to see if I can feel a number that is calling to me. 64. So 64. What is rooted, you know, this is a good one. I'm going to go ahead and read it because I picked it. I've, I've read it recently um, and it is a good one. What is rooted is easy to nourish. What is recent is easy to correct. And that's, that's really, you know, like things that are new, you can adjust. You can adjust things that are new. And I am being called to not read this one. That's unfortunate because I, I do like that one. It is a little longer. Um, so yeah, I'm going to do one. I'm going to do one. We're going to just do one today because no one's going to pick one. You know, I said between one and eight, no one picks one or 81. So, so we're going to do one. The Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. So that relates back to what I say all the time about like, you know, religion and stuff. I was like, if you can explain God in this book, I don't care how big this book is. It is not God. You have to get rid of the books. If you want to really understand God, you have to get rid of the words. If you really want to understand God, you have to look within yourself and there is no word that can express God. It's just like, you know, recently I've been telling someone that I love them and, and like the feelings I have are so much deeper than that. Like the love that I have is so deep that I can't express it. And it's like, but being in the physical world, we want to be able to express it. And the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao, right? And the love that can be told is not the eternal love and the, and the, and the, like God that can be told is not the eternal God. And that's what makes, that's what makes living so great is that 
we live on these two planes, right? I mean, we talk about Jesus as being like half God, half man, but we all are that, right? We are all the son of God, right? We are all, or I mean, you know, like we are all the offspring of God, right? We are all connected to God. We are all God, right? Like it is here with us. And if, it, if you can just describe it, if you can explain it, well, there is no way that's what it is. The name that can be named is not the un, eternal name. That's like I was saying with the love thing, right? I love you. Right? I love you. But I can't say that enough to express actually how I feel. You know, I say I love you to everybody. And every time I say it, it means something different. But here I am using the same words. And so the name that can be named is not the eternal name. It is just, it is just what it is, it is as, as close approximation as I can get to at this moment. And that's it. There is no way for me to actually say it. It is only that in it, I am present, right? In, in, in what it is, I am aware. And that is so beautiful, right? I am aware of this. And in our three dimensions, we want to, we want to sow doubt. We want to sow confusion. We want to sow simplicity. And so we try and say like, hey, this is what it is. And you know, this is, this is chapter one of the Tao, right? And so the first line of it, the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao, which immediately expresses everything that you are reading here is not what it is. Everything that you are reading from this point forward, the first line of the first chapter of the Tao is the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. And what am I doing? I am telling you of the eternal Tao. So this isn't it. Whatever you think about what you're about to read here, this is not it. Right? And, and I think the Bible should probably, and every religious text should start by telling you that it is not it. Because if the Bible came out and said, whatever you read in here doesn't mean a lick, enjoy your, enjoy your time reading this book, <laughs> like that would be so much easier to be like, hey, yeah, the Bible says this, but let's go back to the first line, doesn't mean a lick. If you can say it, if you can express it physically, if you can say it physically, if you can do these things physically, it's not it. It is not it. There's freedom to that, right? So much freedom. The unnameable is the eternal, is, is the eternally real. The unnameable is the eternal, is the eternally real. Naming is the origin of the particular things. Wow. Like naming it is the manifestation, right? Naming things is the origin of particular things. As soon as you have a name for something, as soon as you have a name for a person, as soon as you have a name for an object, as soon as you have a name for anything in the world, a tree, you have separated that tree from everything that is. And now it is and exists separate in your mind. And it is because you called it tree. If we did not have a sense of what a tree was, 
we would still be able to experience it and we would be able to experience it as us is it as the grass it as all of the things that we've named the unnameable is the eternally real if you can't name it it is real if you can't say it it is real if you can't define it if you don't if you don't cease its development, and I think that might be, oh man, this is all connecting now, right? I was, earlier I was talking about arrested development with parents and people who have been in the military and other things. As soon as you identify with a thing, as soon as you identify with an identity, you become less real. And what do we do as children? All we do is identify and we, we get flashcards to help us identify. And, and here is the separation. The separation starts in terms of we need to develop. But what is development then? What is true development into our true potential? Right? Of course, we want to communicate in the world. There's too many people out here. I'm not trying to say we should get rid of the word tree. But what I am saying is that we have to recognize that because we came up with the word tree, grass, sheep, cow, me, you, all of that just builds separateness. If it was all unnameable, we would accept it as it is and as we are. And here we are in a world that, although it's crumbling, what we're doing is trying to create more labels so we can describe things even further, so we can further separate them into groups. In the world, like Facebook and everything, like all they want to do is separate us into groups, separate, 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 so that we can tell you new words, so that you can buy new products, so that you can engage in new separateness. The unnameable is the eternally real. And when we, when I hear like the unnameable is the eternally real, the thing that I think about is like, I want more things in my life that are unnameable. I want more things in my life that I can't pin down to any one thing. I want more things in my life that are true and real and unnameable. Naming is the origin of all particular things. As soon as you name something, you make it particular. You make it separate. You've done that. We've done that. Free from desire, you realize the mystery. It is all mystery. And if you don't, you know, I mentioned earlier that, you know, I'm, I love someone, right? Like, so, so having like, again, I love everybody, but, but, um, in this sense right now, what I'm experiencing is like the mystery, like, yes, there's desire there, but like, I'm free from the desire of naming it. I'm free from the desire of trying to pin it down to be something. And then I can experience that mystery. And I can experience the mystery that I am within, that I am a part of because I don't have to have it be anything. I don't have to name it. I can just envelop the mystery of it. I can, I can express the emptiness of it and the openness of it. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be filled with definition in order to be perfect, in order to be real, in order to be 
eternal. Caught in desire, you only see the manifestation. So if I was just caught in, oh, what is this? Oh, it's not good enough. Or, oh, what is this? Oh, it's not, it's not enough. Or, or it's perfect now and let's keep it this way. It's like, no, like the whole point of being able to experience this is to be able to experience the full range of it, which means it's birth, it's death, it's rebirth. It's connection, it's detachment, it's connection, it's reconnection. You know, and, and it's not going to connect the second time the same way that it connected the first time. It's going to connect differently, but you have to be present with that. You can't name it. You can't say this is anything. This is just what it is. It is unnameable. It is perfect. It is amazing as it, as it stands for what it is. And to be open to welcome that, to be open to welcome the, the, the myriad of things that are going to come through that. Free from desire, you, you realize the mystery. Caught in desire, you only see the manifestation. I just want to bring those two together. Like, don't get caught in the manifestation. The manifestation being what you're experiencing right now. Whether that's in your relationship, in your job, or whatever. Like, don't want it to be something. Don't want it to be something that, not only it isn't, don't even want it to be something that it is. That's how I read this. It's like, if you can free yourself from just like, like, hey, this is how it is at this moment. How great. Let me experience this rather than lament it, rather than fear it, rather than trying to keep it as it is. Yet, mystery and manifestations arise from the same source. This source is called the darkness. I'm sure there's probably a better word than the darkness, but um, Stephen Mitchell's hasn't really done me wrong in the past. Um, the mystery and the manifestations arise from the same source. The source is called the darkness. So um, if, you know, if we get into, let's say, let's say, you know, like I mean, I've been talking about relationships, so we'll, we'll stay on that topic. Um, if you enter into a relationship, right, like there's no knowing of what that is, right? And what that's going to be. And so if you are attached to desire, you can say, I want it to look this way, or I, I don't want it to look this way. Either way, you are focused on the manifestation. If you start to enter that, and so it comes from a place of darkness, you start to enter that and you feel that darkness. You say, hey, this, there's something here that hasn't been here before, right? That's dark. There's no, there's no definition. There's no, there's no attachment there. And then all of a sudden you start to embrace the mystery of what it is without desire and say, let's see what this is. And it opens up to you and it opens into this light, right? And both of these, you know, they, they rooted in the same place. And as we experience this, as we experience one or the other of these coming to light, we start to be able to see what it is. Either we see it through our own perception or we see it for its eternal truth. We can see it in the present. We can see it in the moment as it shifts, as it changes. And we can appreciate it from there. And that brings us into the light. That brings us into the light of the mystery. That doesn't mean there's a place to ground, but there's a place to be. 
Because if you were to ground yourself into something, then you would believe that you can tell what this is. You can, you can express what this is. And there is no expressing the eternal. And that which you're experiencing, your life, the experience of living your life is an eternal process. I mean, understand, like, you are eternal. Your body might not be, but you are. And maybe your body is. Maybe this is it. Maybe you have created all this. And this is from, from birth to death. That is a literal eternity. You might not experience that way. But it may very well be. Darkness within darkness, the gateway to all understanding. And that's what I was just saying, like not having some something to ground, not having a place to ground that moves you like, right, like, like I, I express this as like being light. But again, without having a place to ground, that is that is still darkness, right? Like, but you are comfortable in that darkness. That's where that light that I had mentioned could could come into play. Right? Darkness within darkness, the gateway to all understanding. If you can exist in the mystery, if you can exist in that space of mystery, without grounding to an identity, without without naming it, and with language and with the way our world works, that's very, very difficult. But what I'm saying is like, at least live in the mystery. Go ahead and use the name, but know it's not a name. Know you are not identifying it. I don't want to identify my love as love because I know it's more than that. I don't want to identify. Um, I don't want to just identify a tree and then go through my neighborhood counting all the different kinds of trees that just separates everything even more. What if this isn't even tree? What if this is me? How do I want to treat that? I want to accept it for what it is. And if I say it's an oak, well, all of a sudden, like that oak doesn't have the ability to grow a maple seed. And each one of you might say, well, it doesn't. And I would challenge that and I would say, why? Why wouldn't it? You know, they, we always talk about, like there's in the self-help world, they talk a lot about this idea that if you plant a, if you plant a maple tree seed, you're not going to get an oak tree. I, I mean, I understand how that works in separateness. But I don't, I don't know that that's impossible. I don't want to I don't want to limit the the consciousness of a seed and what that seed wants to be. And I don't want to limit your consciousness and what you want to be. And that's why, you know, every interaction I have I really like to end with I love you. Cuz yes, it doesn't it doesn't express what I mean. It doesn't express what I'm saying. But it does, it does let you know that I'm here with you. I hope. If anybody wants to come on and pick a number between 1 and 81, I would welcome it. Uh, that was a really good uh, good one. And you know, I realized that 1, the first Tao, you know, starting with that line, the Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao, really, really expresses, the, it opens the book of the Tao in a beautiful way and reminds you that 
this is what you're reading, but this isn't it. Because what it is is within you. What it is is something that you've always known. And this is why I talk about recovering yourself, because I want you to recover that which you are, that which is unnamed, that which is all and everything. Because when you can recover yourself, the world is going to be balanced so much. It's, it, it will be balanced in an immense way. This is a Recover Yourself production. I'm your host, Martin John. Thank you so much for joining me for this Tao of the Day. We're going to end it there. And until next time, keep recovering yourself.